Earlier this week, the United Kingdom underwent a change of Prime Minister. Out went Boris Johnson. Well, this is, this is it, folks. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. In only a couple of hours, I will be in Balmoral to see Her Majesty the Queen. And the torch will finally be passed to a new Conservative leader. The baton will be handed over in what has unexpectedly turned out to be a relay race. They changed the rules halfway through, but never mind that now. And in came Liz Truss. Good afternoon. I have just accepted Her Majesty the Queen's kind invitation to form a new government. This was the culmination of an interminable and ridiculous leadership contest within the Conservative Party, which, to the likely relief of our listeners, we do not propose to recap, beyond gently suggesting that if we have learned one thing from various such fiascos of recent years, soliciting the opinion of the rank-and-file membership of any political party about the party leadership, or indeed anything, is a terrible idea on the grounds that this particular demographic is, to a degree, vastly in excess of that which may be diagnosed among the general public, completely off its flaming rocker. Anyway, technically British Prime Ministers are not elected, but appointed by the monarch in their constitutional role as head of state. However, the sketch is that basically the monarch has to appoint the party leader who can command a majority in the House of Commons, rather than giving vent to personal enthusiasms or vendettas. A British monarch has not exercised their theoretical power to dismiss a Prime Minister since 1834, when King William IV sacked Lord Melbourne, and then suffered the ignominy of having to reappoint him five months later, at what must have been an awkward meeting. The current occupant of the British throne, Queen Elizabeth II, has been at this a while. Liz Truss is Elizabeth's 15th Prime Minister, 16th if we count the two whacks at the job taken by Harold Wilson. The novelty may have worn off some while back. Both Wilson and James Callaghan have recalled that when their moment came, they were languidly, if not downright passive-aggressively, asked when it might be convenient for them to meet Her Majesty. On arrival at this appointment, the PM-to-be is greeted by the monarch's private secretary and an equerry in dress uniform, and is then briefed by the Lord Chamberlain before being ushered into the royal presence, the door closed behind them with what is doubtless a resonant thud. Nobody else is present, and what occurs at these meetings, like all such discussions, including the Prime Minister's weekly audience with the monarch, is protected by a rigid omerta. The formality by which a new Prime Minister is asked by the monarch to form a government is known as kissing hands, though it is unlikely that any such interaction literally occurs. Male Prime Ministers will bow to the monarch, female Prime Ministers, of which Truss is Britain's third, may curtsy. On the day power is transferred, the monarch traditionally meets both the outgoing and incoming prime ministers. Prime ministers can resign in writing, as Harold Macmillan did on the grounds of ill health in 1963, though the Queen visited him in hospital the same day she received his letter. The official communication acknowledging the resignation of a prime minister is delivered with an absolutely exquisite British rictus of laboured formality. This was this week's as read by Monocle24's Emma Searle.
The Right Honourable Boris Johnson, MP, had an audience of the Queen this morning and tendered his resignation as Prime Minister and First Lord of the Treasury, which Her Majesty was graciously pleased to accept. This circus usually takes place at Buckingham Palace, although this week it did not. The Queen, who is, in fairness, 96, declined to return from her annual summer retreat to Balmoral Castle, the royal family's fastness in the windswept crags of Aberdeenshire, which meant that both Johnson and Truss had to fly to Scotland, taking separate planes either as a security measure or to avoid the most excruciatingly awkward hour or so of each other's lives, possibly both. This was terrifically exciting for the compilers of British pub quizzes, who will this week be asking their audiences when was the last time this happened. It was Lord Salisbury in 1885 when he schlepped up to Balmoral to receive his commission from Queen Victoria, happy to help. Salisbury, incidentally, hated Balmoral and referred to it as Siberia, though his inconvenience was slight compared to that endured by H.H. H. Asquith in 1908, who had to catch the boat train from London to Paris, then a connection to Biarritz, to kiss hands with King Edward VII, who could not be bothered to bestir himself from the Hotel du Palais. However lengthy the process of selecting a Prime Minister has been, whether by general election or party intrigue, the changeover is notably swift and brutal, none of this American-style two-month transition period. The outgoing PM usually arrives in a Prime Ministerial limo and leaves in a private vehicle, the incoming PM vice versa. And in recent years, the trip from Buckingham Palace to Downing Street has been broadcast live at tremendous expense by TV news helicopters so that agog viewers will know what a car driving through London looks like. This week, for a change, we got the drive from RAF Northolt. Back in Downing Street, the removalists will already be at work. Some find leaving this address harder than others. Boris Johnson has been notably reluctant. Margaret Thatcher did so in tears. David Cameron, inadvertent architect of Brexit, did so humming the kind of guilty, nervous refrain people often do when well aware that they have ballsed mightily up. After that, uh, I expect to go to the palace and offer my resignation so we'll have a new Prime Minister in that building behind me uh, by Wednesday evening. Thank you very much. Right. But at least one, John Major, in 1997, sounded positively relieved. I believe, as you know, I have an appointment with Her Majesty the Queen in a few moments to tender my resignation so that a new government may then be formally appointed. I propose to see Her Majesty in just a few moments. Uh, the second reason I'll say no more now is that after that I hope uh, that Norma and I will be able with the children to get to uh, the Oval in time for lunch and for some cricket this afternoon. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Mullett.